Hello and welcome back to the group M Rooftop. Aaron Shepard's been fiddling with his phone for the last five minutes, not really concentrating, but we're back here on the rooftop. And it's, and it's, it's cold. For Can, yeah, this is cold. It is, it is cold. Um, I've actually got a little jumper in the back, which is a first for me at Can. Um, it's just breezy. There is a, there's a, there is a through breeze here on Group M Rooftop. There is. There is. Um, I think there may be some reorganization of things today from a planning point of view um, because of the weather, but I know Sam Weston and, and others are keenly observing he looks weather forecast. He looks in control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks very chilled and in control. control. Um, but sure. today's uh, theme up on the Group M rooftop is creator, culture, performance. It fits perfectly into the GOAT narrative, and that's why we're here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it should be a really good day. You're emceeing the day, aren't you? Here? I'm, so... I'm, I'm up here all day. Yeah. You're, you're milling around on all sorts of different places and uh, fun things across the Quisette whilst I'm up here talking to some amazing people on, on Group yeah. and Rooftop. I've got an exclusive invite to WPP Stream, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, uh, that is the invite of the week. really is. That's really the one is. people want to be at. Yeah. That and the Spotify party, both tonight and tomorrow night, they are the three invites people want. Yeah, thanks to Jack Street. We've also got tickets for that. It's, it's a hell of a week. Unfortunately, the, the two girls who are going to be here with us yesterday, yeah. um, we talked about the... Uh, the flight disaster of how we got here, they still aren't here and are now not coming. They've yeah. gone to three UK airports, put their baggage into all three of them and been kicked out of all three of them within the last 36 hours. Yeah, it's not... Uh, I do have a lot of empathy for them, to be honest. It's uh, it's not been fun, fun travel. Um, but, you know, these things happen. And next year, I think we'll have to look at maybe not coming so late Sunday night and trying to sort of get ahead of it. Yeah, it's just never, never easy. Okay, so today we have uh, Laura Desmond, CEO of Smartly.io. Um, we've got Stacey Malone, VP of Global Business Marketing at Pinterest. And we've got Serena Anthony, Chief People Officer at Group M and Artist Stevens, CEO of Big Brother, Big Sisters over the course of the next hour. Um, hopefully some people arrive uh, in the next couple of minutes, but we will kill time between now and then, Aaron Shepard, with talking about creator culture, which is going to be... Well, let's just, just, just before we do, I know there's people watching, obviously, let's... Um, encourage you to ask questions. We'll we'll try and come to them um, at the end. I know the format historically that we've done this is almost like a Q and A thing. And so, if people are watching around the world, please do ask any burning questions that you have around Can, Goat, Group M, WPP, or any of the other partners. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, let's let's kick off with like that creator culture point. Like we talked yesterday around the fact that um, creators are a much bigger part of. Um, can i mean obviously yesterday we did a bit of exploring yeah. seeing what's going on and it, it is very clear to me that it is a major major thing this year yeah i mean funnily enough about i think we were here about five years ago and i did a cnbc interview some interview around because there's a big news story about how influencers was a fad and um you know we obviously didn't believe it was so we sort of went and spoke about it um you look around the beach now you look around can there's influencer agencies everywhere right not just ours obviously you've got group m with you know four days of programming and a whole day dedicated to creators right so i think that in itself shows how things have changed i think you look down the beach you see other competitors of ours with big beach setups and you know i think it's great i think it shows the the way that the industry has moved it shows the value of the creator ecosystem and how critical it is to um to be here you know whatever channel you're at and it feels busy. Canfield is, is busy. really, really busy. So much so that we uh, queued outside a WPP party last night and we couldn't get in. Couldn't get in, yeah. Um, 
it's the place to be, isn't it? It, re- it? it really is. And and we walked along to the other side of the Quasette last night to where we historically have spent quite a lot of our time around New York, New York, which is a restaurant down there, um, the port. And like that was packed. Down here was packed. I don't remember it being as busy last year at all. No, well, I think I think the Americans are back fully this year. Properly. Right? And last year, you know, there were still restrictions in the US. It was still a different different time from a covid point of view and so even though in europe it had sort of released and everyone was down here i felt like the americans hadn't come in full force whereas this year they definitely are here and it's it's the world is back to can now properly and our first guest is here laura um thank you very much for for joining us this early uh, live at the group m rooftop lovely to meet you properly um laura desmond is ceo of smartly.io um welcome it's, it's it's nice it, to be here. It's lovely to be here. It's breezy. We've said it's it's a different kind of cam morning. Yesterday was sweltering. If you were here yesterday morning, um, but what what are you looking to what are you looking to get out of cam on? And have you been here before? I imagine you have. Yes, I have been here before. I think my first can was in two thousand five, and honestly, there was no media part of the can festival when I came for the first time. Wow. When did the beaches start getting taken over? The beaches probably started to be taken over in like the 208 to 210 time frame but it was a succession of agencies you know owning the beaches or holdcos and then msn and yahoo took yeah. over believe it back in the day yeah good, the and good times then it was a complete switch to all the digital platform companies but you know the festival always it's just very organic it morphs and changes every two to three years and what I think is interesting about this period of time is, you know, the platform companies like Google, like Meta, TikTok, they've held on to these positions for a much longer period of time than any other over the course of the 15 years I've been coming. And uh, you're obviously here to, to talk about AI creators and kind of like the intersection of those two things. Yeah. Two things that are very close to our heart, especially creator side. Um, having built a creator agency and have recently just got acquired by WPP. Um, what, what is it that makes you so excited about those two things coming together? So I think AI is, well, let me start here. I'll start in a different place. I think for the last 10 years, the industry, especially the digital ad ecosystem, has largely ignored creative. Yeah. Yep. Yeah? yeah. You agree, right? Yeah, I agree. And it's been all about targeting, targeting and data and, you know, reach who you can and learn and then reach some more and matching luggage. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. That's the strategy. It's worked and it's worked well. But I think everyone knows the CMO wants to spend about 70 percent of their time on a big idea, on, you know, creative campaigns, messaging. And they've largely not been able to apply the bigness of the ideas to their digital spend. Mm-hmm. Yet digital spend has been increasing. Yeah. So against a backdrop of the last decade of ignoring creative, I think AI now is going to accelerate and unleash a whole new renaissance. I think it's great for content. It's great for creativity. It's great for creators. It's great for marketers. It is going to take a lot of the work that is just hard to do mm-hmm. on ad formats and platforms. Yeah, it's going to democratize and versioning it. and democratize it. And it will give all of us a different starting point. But you can't look at AI as like 
a feature or a function or specific utility, you've got to look at AI as having real power when you can unleash it on a platform. And a platform is, a tech platform is something that the um, parts of the ad ecosystem understand and know what to do with, and other parts, frankly, just don't have the experience in building. And where I think Smartly comes in is we can actually help marketers, creators, agencies, the entire ecosystem, um, bring AI in a very functional way to our platform, unleash creativity, personalize it, create deeper connections and experiences, and make it a lot easier with SaaS-based technology. So that's what we're hoping to do. But I think that gives you the backdrop of where, yeah. where we've been, where we are, and I think where we can go. And I, I, I agree with that. I think creativity is coming back in a massive way, having exactly as we were saying, it's all been about, you know, how do we target these audience and almost not really about what we say and sort of the separation of media and creative for me has always been something I've struggled with. I've never really understood why it's separated. You know, one is so linked to the other. And I feel like it's all coming back together, right? And, and people are starting to realize that you have to optimize both sides simultaneously. And actually, they're very, very linked. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's interesting that AI is actually the catalyst that's sort of bringing that creativity back just because people are realizing how quickly they can create vast amount of content and therefore the creative side is obviously so so critical what do you think has stopped people like what do you think's held the industry back from this is it sort of a pressure of, of results you know we all know creativity is important why is it why in your opinion has it been neglected over, over the last few years well i think it's kind of the evolution of business you know, media as a business, I mean, I was part of that entire mm -hmm. yeah. revolution. Um, media as a business had great product market fit. It took off. Mm -hmm. And there was incredible power and scale that came with it. And so at a time when more marketers wanted to source ideas and campaigns and do all kinds of jump balls, media as a business came along and almost became like the spine or the mm -hmm. vertebrae of the industry. One of the things that you know, media was able to do was almost allow marketers to decouple creative from media yeah. and do a bunch of jump balls. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that we invested in Smartly is because we felt like where the puck was going was that it was time to bring everything back together. Mm -hmm. And the Smartly platform you know, optimizes media or campaign management, creative, mm -hmm. um, and intelligence all at the same time working yeah. with all the platforms. And so we felt it was a little bit underappreciated that that's how we have to work again. Mm -hmm. um, but technology will enable it. Yeah. And so that's kind of my point earlier, which is with platforms and then AI integrated in as co-pilots or assists, you, you actually have the opportunity to kind of go back to the way we used to work. Mm -hmm that is actually better for unleashing big ideas and creativity and delighting and engaging consumers, but doing it with technology so that it's faster, it's real time, and you can keep pace with all the data that you essentially do need in order to make better decisions. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. A much more integrated approach. It does just feel cyclical, isn't it? It's, it's like you said, it's the business. Yeah. It's the way things move, and technology is just making it faster. Exactly. And so, you know, one of the things that we've done, I mean, 
I, I, I sort of have a theory of the case. There are, there's part, this week is a perfect example. There, there is partnering going on with mm -hmm. AI. There is hyping going on with AI. And there is building going on with AI. Mm -hmm. I think partnering is essential. I think uh, if you talk a look, if you take a look at what OpenAI, who's here actually this week, the COO um, is saying is, "Hey, we're here to partner. We want to enable partnering is absolutely essential." But I think building is essential too. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the things we did early on this year in January is we stood up our Gen AI Lab. We just announced it this week. We've actually been in pre-alpha. Um, we're now at alpha. We've got three clients who have signed alpha statements of work with us. Uh, our early iteration here is build into the platform, but basically do a bunch of machine learning and pattern recognition around backgrounds, um, personalization, versioning um, with product catalogs. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound sexy, but believe me, it's what you need is kind of like the first principle to start to be able to create personalization at scale that's AI um, uh, accelerated. Yeah. So we did that. And, you know, our our take on all of this is we have a platform. We want to build Copilot Synthesis in and we'll do it at scale and we'll chunk it down from a standpoint of campaign creativity and intelligence. And and this is our first step. Yeah, I think for me, the only the only worry with AI is it becomes it's the victim of its own hype. Um, that would be the hyping. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. So how how can it get how can. If I think about the everyday consumer, we're in this bubble, we're in the CAM bubble, everybody's talking about AI, how it's going to change um, marketing and advertising, and, and obviously loads of people talk about how it can change productivity. Um, the consumer has widely been able to get their hands on a, a form of AI over the course of the last six to 12 months. How can AI not fall into the same bracket that VR did three years ago, four years ago, where it got hyped to a level where it kind of just died is when it got into the consumer. I appreciate that AI probably is a bit more useful yeah. straight up, straight off the bat, but yeah. how and can it not be the victim? getting classified together, right? Because yes. there's, there's real great AI, and then there's things that get exactly. badged as AI exactly. that aren't really yeah. AI, right? And the, the average consumer doesn't know the difference. That's a very thoughtful question. That's, that's, that's where it can fail, right? It's, it, the consumer doesn't build the trust it needs to have wide adoption. Yes. Let's start with trust, mm -hmm. right? So the world has been morphing from brand loyalty to brand trust for the last five years. Yep. And you see that with UGC. You see that with authentic content. You see that with the rise of UGC and the rise of creators and creator networks. It's moving from brand loyalty, which is really about the brand of the consumer, to brand trust, which is really about the consumer to the brand. Mm -hmm. I trust you, I lean in. And that's why you've seen all the platforms spend a ton of time on upping their game with brand safety, you know, brand suitability, trust, yeah. fraud, all of that. Okay, so we have that. What I think you see with consumer, first of all, the reason that I believe AI is real is first of all, it's real. <laughs> Looking the, look at the code, look at what they've done, 30 years of machine learning and pattern matching is real. But then look at the adoption curve of chat GPT. 100%. All right. It is the most. Yeah, I've never seen anything. It's like the biggest it. thing. Yeah. Honestly, it's faster than the adoption of the phone. It's faster or the mobile yeah. phone than the Internet, than TV. It is. Fa so, you know, it has love 
and utility. Mm -hmm. And those are the two most important things for trust. Do you think that's because it's free versus those other things and the adoption curve has to be faster because people actually have... And also we were in a world where the discussion or discourse around AI is much more open because of social media and um, the, the general media is far more accessible to, to the consumer. Do you think that's what sped up that adoption or is it because of functionality? And do you think it will stay free? Well, it has stayed free. They launched a subscription service about six weeks in. Okay. I mean, free helps. Yeah. I mean, I'm a free girl, mm -hmm. ad-supported network. I mean, I believe in the ad-supported internet. We want it to be free. It's better for creators. It's better for consumers. It's better for everybody. Free helps, but, you know, they have actually, I mean, have you, did you try to get onto chat GPT in the first three months on the weekend? Did uh, you see that it, it crashed? Crazy, yeah. Did you see you could not get in? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that tells you they, they launched the $20 a month subscription service. I think it's done relatively well. Um, I mean, what I love about OpenAI's business model is it's not for profit. I mean, they are not trying to, um, well, they're monetizing, but they're not monetizing for profit in a traditional yeah. way. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, here's the thing. Because I, I did a lot of, I mean, when I ran Starcom Medivest Group and I was an executive at Publicis Group, I mean, I spend a ton of time on, on consumers. And what, what you learn about consumers is they get the value exchange. Mm -hmm. They are fine. I'll give a little data. I'll give a little bit of what I like and what I love. I understand you're tracking me. I'm good. Give me entertainment. Mm -hmm. Give me value. Yeah. Give me utility. Yeah. And if you can do if the, if a brand can get that value exchange right or any platform can get it right, then that is good. 100%. It is a good thing. And yeah. and so I think with with OpenAI they're, they've they've just sort of immediately fallen into a really good value contribution with consumers, which is why the adoption rate's been so high. What what I love about this business more than anything is not the technology. It's just that people are always ahead of the technology. Mm -hmm. You just give them something and they'll figure it out. Yeah. If it's real. Yeah. And this is real. Yeah. Well, no, it's, which is why VR and AR have not taken off no, and why the metaverse is not taking off. Yeah. No, it certainly isn't. A lot of panels about that last year. Not so many this year. I know, not so much. I, I, I think it is the the biggest rise of a, I don't even know what to call it, whether it's a channel or a, th a thing, right? Um, AI in the last nine months, since since the launch of, of basically consumer-facing AI, it has just completely transformed the world. I don't think I've ever seen any adoption of anything be anything close to this. And... You know, the pace that it moves is staggering, right? Even testing these things every sort of three months or something, you'd see an enormous, enormous sort of improvement in it. Um, and it does make me, you know, wonder in two, even in two, three years' time, like where we're going to be from a... I agree. I mean, I agree. And we're at a high right? rate of change and velocity. But I actually think we will run... The scale and speed in which this is going will start to diminish. Okay. Because the last 30 years of research work that underpins everything has largely been on pattern matching. Mm -hmm. And pattern matching is hard, but it's pretty easy compared to higher order analysis, insight, creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why AI in many ways is kind of the perfect thing for now when the industry needed, I think, a galvanizing moment. It's the perfect thing for now because it will change how marketers market, creators create. And just one thing, if I could, on um, you said velocity and pace. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we've been seeing with TikTok, we, we were early, Smartly was early to build with TikTok. 
Uh, and we're actually here with TikTok um, launching a new product called Video Shopping Ads or VSA. But we're integrated across the entire platform. Early on with, you know, the likes of Uber and um, eBay and uh, booking, what we started to see is that where out was changing and it was happening much faster at a, at a messaging and campaign level than we'd ever seen it before. And what we began to realize is when content goes viral on TikTok, it just gets seen a lot more. So you have to basically have more messaging in order to keep pace with the creative velocity. And so another thing that we announced last week is a, is a new product called Creator Connect, okay. which is really about what you're describing, which is in a world of content democratization, how do you work with all the creators? How do you work with all the networks? How do you bring all of that content? And a pain point for a marketer is getting all of that content into a platform like Smartly. We've built technology to be able to help them with that. Um, largely around video editing. But if we can get that pain point smooth and a really nice connection between what a marketer wants to do and how they want to uh, use creators to create and our platform and then personalize it to scale, we think that is a really, really important use of AI and an important accelerant of this idea of creative velocity. Um, we launched Creator Connect with three partners. So Incense, Vamp, and Sapphire Studios, and it'll be available across Reels, TikTok, and um, and Shorts. So we're excited about it. Great, no, it it's another great. excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending twenty minutes of your morning with us on the Group M rooftop. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Are you sure it was twenty minutes? It was a bit longer, but yeah, a bit longer. Twenty awesome. minutes, twenty-two minutes. But Thanks, thank you very guys. much. Congratulations, by the way, thank on you your very acquisition. Much. Thank you. Good thank luck. You. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. We're thank you. It. Well, hopefully, we'll see you around on the Cosette. You Appreciate will. your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. We've got another another guest um, coming on. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Welcome to go. Awesome. I know you're on a tight schedule. Well, Aaron's phone. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Laura. Um, we've now got Stacey Malone from Pinterest uh, up next on the on the show. Um, thank you for sticking with us. Laura was amazing. Um, come on, Stacey. Come on. Come on in. We're all very informal here. Hi, hey, Stacey. I'm Harry. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Have one of, yeah, yes. take it. One of those. Um, Stacy, your VP of Global Business Marketing at Pinterest. I am at Pinterest, yes. Um, your first can, or have you been um, to a few? My first can with Pinterest, but I've okay. been to, and my first one back since the pandemic. Okay. But I've um, been to can like six or seven times. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. what's different about coming with Pinterest versus previous times? Well, previously I was on the agency side. Okay. So I was, um, you know, entertaining clients and walking up and down um, the Crosette, meeting with different partners. And this time it's actually my team who's hosting um, the Pinterest Manifestival. So we put on the whole activation um, and then I get the opportunity to talk to clients and talk to folks like you. So talk to me, sorry, just quickly. The, the activation, I'm always yeah. fascinated by. When do you have start you been there planning yet? that? I haven't been there. We're, yet. we're going. We're we're planning to go. to go down tomorrow afternoon. We're we're fully fully stacked out okay. today, and we walked past yesterday, and we we looked at Pinterest. We were like, that one, festival. that one looks good. Yeah. That one when looks do you good. Start this planning year. it. When do you start building oh, it? How long does it take? Stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, probably about like nine months out. Okay. Yeah, you take a little bit of breather yeah. after can, but then you kind of start right back into it. Yeah, it's okay. a big undertaking. Yeah, and always, I mean, how 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 many years have Pinterest been here now? 
you know, I, I'm not actually sure because the pandemic was yeah, kind of right in the up. middle. Yeah. Um, but we were definitely here last year and then the pandemic, you know, interrupted some plans, but I'm not sure how many years before that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a, they feel like they've always been here. Yeah. All of those well, platforms good. across yeah. the means front. We're very native to this environment, which is good. Absolutely. Um, Pinterest has traditionally or been known as uh, sort of like the platform for the slightly older generation. Uh, or that's how I see it, okay. right? Like that's how yeah. people create. Harry content. is very young, though, <laughs> yeah. To be clear, when I say older generation, that's probably the wrong, that's probably the wrong. It's not. Tradi- <laughs> it's not traditionally a Gen Z platform. Right. That's probably a better way. Okay. Yeah. Um, where we see lots of the other uh, social platforms that merge through Gen Z, Pinterest didn't really do that. Because it was here before them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How how um, how is that changing now? What is yeah. what is the plan with? the audience yeah. change over the next few I'm years. I'm so glad you asked that question because it's actually a misperception. Our okay, fastest great. growing audience is actually Gen Z. Um, and one of the reasons I came to Pinterest, I've been here about 10 months. One of the reasons I came is I teach an undergraduate class um, on media planning and buying. Mm-hmm. And when I would talk to them about what platforms they're using, mm-hmm. they were like obsessed with Pinterest. Um, and so I was like, wow, there's so much love for this platform with Gen Z. I was like, that's great because that's the, you know, uh, generation of the future so they're using pinterest they're calling it the manifest the manifest app and they're using it to manifest the life they love and then they're also thinking about their aesthetic they're shopping the trends so it's actually like our fastest growing audience what do you use pinterest for Oh, well, I actually, I don't cook, so I don't use it for recipes, Mm -hmm. but a lot of my friends do. Um, I actually use it with my kids. So, um, for example, um, my son's haircuts will actually put the haircuts we like on a shared board. um, And then we actually take it into the hairdresser and we're like, we want this haircut. So we use it to like collaborate on things like gifts, uh, tennis shoes, you know, all the stuff that they, sneakers, all the stuff they want. But right now my best use case is, or my most current use case is their hair. Yeah, I designed my whole house on Pinterest. Did you? Room by room. There's a different, there's a different uh, board per, per room yeah. uh, stored yeah. on my Home Pinterest. Home decor is one of our core verticals. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in terms of that, like that was kind of when I got truly, so this is probably about five years ago, like truly introduced to the Pinterest creator. Um, how are you how are you working with creators now with Pinterest yeah. and how can brands and agencies do better yeah. when working with creators on Pinterest? Yeah. Cause obviously it's such a hot topic. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in creator marketing um, and have been since yeah. kind of like right at the beginning, but Pinterest has a real opportunity right now to, yeah. to kind of grab the ball by the horns on yeah. creator. Well, one thing we learned during the pandemic is that there's a different type of creator that's successful on Pinterest. So it's more about the content. It's more about the, like, teaching people something than it is about the personality of the creator. Yes. <clears throat> so um, we learned that during the pandemic that the, the creators that would be successful on these other platforms that were maybe more about um, who they were as a person um, didn't actually do so well. Because people come to Pinterest to, like, discover new ideas, new products, new services, and then they want to do it in real life. It's very lean forward very commercial intent. Mm-hmm. And so the people that are educating people, teaching people of how to do stuff are the ones that are most successful. So if you have that type of creator relationship, or if you don't, we encourage people to have those type of creators in their arsenal when they run um, uh, work on Pinterest. And because of that, obviously, you've got loads of different like requirements to be and I've got in my notes here, like safe, like safer, inclusive, like that. Those are the obviously huge key terms over the course of the last five, six years. Yeah, yeah it's a big internet. thing for all 
all yeah. platforms, right? Yeah. Is how do you, particularly with that younger generation, how yeah. do you keep them safe? They care a lot about yeah. that, right? It's... And we're having mental health crisis, I think, across the world with yeah. the adolescents today. And 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 what are Pinterest doing to to try? You know, how how do Pinterest look at protecting that generation yeah. and brand safety and user safety and, yeah. and things like that? So there's two kind of component parts to that. One is um, you know, people come to Pinterest to be inspired and build mm-hmm. the life they love. And there's nothing really inspiring about, you know, um, like negative content. Yeah. And so just by the nature of who we are and the brand, we end up with um, a very positive environment mm-hmm. where people are coming to be inspired, discover new things. And so we're lucky in a way that we don't have some of the challenges that other platforms do. You know, people don't come to Pinterest to have a political debate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's that's in our favor. But we also have um, like basically technology, you know, we use AI to identify and remove misinformation or anything that's against our community guidelines. We have teams of people that do that, just mm-hmm. looking for things that are maybe not brand safe. Um, and then we also have policies and we have a lot of industry leading policies um, to really keep that brand safe environment for our consumers, but also our advertisers. Um, so most recently we just changed our community guidelines to add climate misinformation as a um, something that um, you cannot do, um, both in ads and content. We're actually the first platform to do that. And we were um, basically a finalist for a Fast Company Innovation Award based on it. Great. That's a big step. I'm yeah. sure the rest will all, will all follow yeah. soon. We, we like to think that we're leaders in this um, area. In fact, we did a study with UC Berkeley because we kept hearing like, when people do digital detoxes, they like they don't use lots of platforms, but they actually don't consider Pinterest as part of that. And mm-hmm. they actually sometimes spend more time on Pinterest during yeah. this digital detox. And so we actually did a study with UC Berkeley to say, we hear this anecdotally, can we scientifically prove it? Mm-hmm. So um, looked at just 10 minutes a day on Pinterest with college students during finals, like their most stressed out time. Yeah. And we actually found that just 10 minutes a day reduced burnout, people were sleeping better, it would reduce stress. So we really think we're, we're leading when it comes to like being a positive and inspiring environment. Yeah, I mean, that is so in contrast, I would yeah. say, to yeah. the other social platforms. I when mean, was the last time you've heard about anybody spending time on a digital platform and it being good for their mental health, right? I mean, even you you, you can hear, I mean, the tick, TikTok will say it, right? I mean, you hear them in China, they're, they're very clear that like, you should use it in the right yeah. way and not, you know, and it's... And I think they're right to do that, right? right. They're, they're right to sort of say, this is good, but in moderation. Right. And, you know, I, I, I can just see that from Pinterest anyway, because it is a different experience. It's not a, you know, it's not a look at me and how great my life is. So you might feel bad about yourself, right? right? It's a, this is what inspires me. Yeah. And that is a, that's something that we can all sort of collectively get behind. It's not a, you know, whereas there is a lot, you know, on a lot of other social platforms because of the whole me, me, me thing, it ends up creating a lot of, you know, sort of false premises of what success is and things yeah. like that. And I, I, I can see very clearly that Pinterest isn't that. Well, it's interesting that you said um, what inspires me because it is very driven by what inspires you. Like, yeah. what are you finding on the platform and less about other people, mm-hmm. what they think is important for you to like. So yeah. it's definitely more about your own personal taste and experience. Yeah. yeah. And it ends up being a very curated, yeah. you know, personal experience. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Performance is a big part of the conversation today mm-hmm. around creator. Um, when we have worked with clients on Pinterest, we've seen great long-term performance um, because Pinterest sees a huge long tail in terms of when people go and find the content, um, 
and it doesn't just live unlike other platforms for you know maybe 24 hours 48 hours a week right. it lives for you know sometimes Forever. years right yeah. um, in terms of the performance yeah. how do you talk to agencies and businesses around how they should manage those expectations because it's a different way of thinking to basically all other media channels yeah. um, because instant gratification of performance results from all of these other channels yeah. is just it's just there yeah whereas pinterest you've got a you've got you're curating that yeah. long-term performance yeah. how, how do you talk to different people about that well um you know it kind of depends on the the product that people are talking about if it's like a very considered purchase you know it's going to be a longer um, yeah. journey and people use pinterest to plan so they're starting very early all the way through to actually making the purchase um but some like a recipe or things that are more um you know shorter consideration times um that's kind of a different discussion but just in general, we really encourage people to try to have really robust measurement. You know, when you're looking at last click, people know that they're missing a lot yeah. of mm -hmm. activity. And so um, we really talk to them about more sophisticated measurement. Um, and our customers that have the more sophisticated measurement, Pinterest performs really well for them. Mm -hmm. And then for those who can't invest or don't want to invest in more robust measurement, we kind of say, like, look at your peers. Look at those who have it for an indicator. That there's a little bit of an art and science. You, you can't totally depend on what you're seeing with last click as the end all be all because we know you're missing a lot of those conversions. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you can't. If you focus on one KPI, yeah. it's always it's going right. always going to. And have if you do, you're missing course. a whole slew of the impact that your marketing and advertising 100%. is having. So. Yeah, yeah. And does that go when you're talking to them about like the the paid aspects of it, the targeting side? Like, how is that different, or how how do you treat the the, the paid media metrics versus the the organic work that that Pinterest allows? Yeah. I mean, we really want to meet the customers where they are. So it's what are their KPIs? What are the things that matter to them? And we'll like help them do um, strong, like strong activity on our platform with whatever their KPIs are. So we're a little bit more what customer centered because what we found is if we have different KPIs for Pinterest because we say we're a different type of platform, it, it sounds really hard yeah. and bespoke and no one wants to do hard or bespoke, especially right now when resources are so constrained. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's, we sit within group M Nexus, which is all around cross optimization of channels, right? Mm -hmm. It's finding performance and then moving swiftly across channels and measure like apples and apples measurement is yeah. pretty critical to that. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that's obviously, you know, you have to lean into how everyone else is doing it. Otherwise, exactly. you can't compare yourself exactly. in the same way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're an outlier, that's not necessarily the place you want to be the exception yeah. to the rule. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and going quickly back to, to Can and this yeah. week. Um, quickly, for people watching, um, why should they head down to Pinterest Beach yeah. over the course of the next uh, 48 to 72 yeah. hours? So um, our theme this year is Manifestable. Um, and so it's basically based on an insight from Gen Z that they think of us as the manifest app and they're using us to manifest their best life. So you can come down to our Cannes Beach and we've got um, the whole consumer journey brought to life. So you can discover new products, you can discover new, your new things that you want to maybe think about implementing for yourself for the future, make some decisions and then actually do it so we've got some piercings we've got permanent tattoos we've got tooth gems um, hairstyling so lots of things to actually be creative versus just talk about creative right we've actually 
don't do talks mm -hmm. specifically because That's interesting. We, we think people should be doing we're at a creat creativity festival like people should be doing creativity so we've brought the consumer journey to life and um anyway it's it's been a lot of fun we've had a huge traffic um, at our site which is great it's um, obviously a far cry from your previous agency side life yes. right from that talks and the panels yes. like that like how have you seen that differ yeah. And, and are you actually going around to all the other beaches and yeah. places and doing yeah. things like this as well? Yeah. Well, I mean, the talks, there's lots of talks that are very meaningful. But sometimes, you know, you look around in the crowd of some of the talks and it's all the people from the company of the people on stage. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they could be at it. They could do this internally. Yeah. So um, we really tried to do something different because we believe that we're building like a different type of um, experience digitally. And so we wanted to bring that to life on the beach. I like that. I like that. You know, everything can be very same, yeah. right? And, yeah. and and it's great. There are loads of great talks here. There really are. Yeah. But there's a lot of talks, right? Yeah. And, you know, um, I agree. You know, you, you can do some of these things yeah. elsewhere. And I think re reduce the number, make them more high impact if you are doing them. I think it's probably good advice for everyone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also, I suppose Pinterest is bit, it's become a bit more of a drop-in. Like, there's no allocated time where you, could, you have right. to be at Pinterest right. Beach, right? Which means it's kind of, when people walk past, they can just go in yeah. rather than it kind of being a set time for certain set yeah. things. Um, you know, lots of people will have meetings. So those are obviously set time. And we encourage people to work with their sales um, leaders to, to get time on the books to actually have a more meaningful conversation. But yeah, people can drop by, make appointments um, for any of the kind of services and fun activations. And um, yeah, come visit us. And final question, because I know you're on a tight schedule as well mm -hmm. today. Um, where else, if you were to take Pinterest Beach out of the equation, where else do you have to be this week? Yeah, oh. if, if, if there's a can newbie who's down here for the yeah. first time, yeah. what do you suggest? And, and a few people um, uh, stopped us on the Cosette uh, yesterday who are in yeah. can for the first time and watched this, po uh, watched this live stream yesterday morning to try and get advice for where they should go, where, where they, they should, should be seen. And there was some great advice given by guests yesterday. Where's the place that you are either desperate to go or yeah. you, you've been to and you're like, oh, people have to go there. Well, I think it's about trying to experience as much as you can while you're here and pack as much in. So like go to as many um, headquarters as you can, see as many of the presentations as you can. Um, I'll put a shameless plug in. We have a keynote um, today, this afternoon, which is our CEO, um, our CMO, and um, Dr. Michael Rich, who's the founder of the Digital Wear uh, Wellness Lab, to talk about mental health in teens and the responsibility that technology companies have Great. to, um, you know, build a better internet. Mm -hmm. So that's a definitely a must-see. That's today on the main stage. Nice. Had to put the shameless plug no, in, right? No, we, we don't mind it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Great. Thanks for um, having me. And apologies, it's early in the morning. Oh, no, it's great. But, um, yeah. It's, it's lovely to be here and, and thanks very much for coming Thank on. Thank you. Thanks, Stacey. And we'll, and we'll see you, well, I'm sure we'll see you across the course. And we will definitely pop in on Wednesday. Yes. We will see you then. That's no. exactly. Well, <laughs> I might be able maybe. to talk Aaron into a One tattoo. <laughs> lovely um, to meet you. That's interesting. Like thinking about the. Uh, How great was Stacey? Yeah, really, really good. But it was, it, it's interesting talking about that can planning like the amount of time and effort. And we've kind of been exposed to it this year more than any other year before. Normally, we are talking about going to Cannes four to five days before Cannes starts. And we're like, well, should we go? Should we not go? And then we end up booking. Which usually because someone goes, oh, can you meet us down there? And then it's like, oh, I got a meeting in Cannes. We should, I guess we should go. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm, yeah. normally, I'm normally looking at flights, yeah. hotels, we're at the lowest of the low. Whereas this year we had sort of a 12 week run in, which is still, you know, with, with the Group M and WPP guys, they're like, oh my God, how are you, are you all prepared? Are you okay? And we're like, nah, it's fine. Like yeah. 12 weeks, but ages. But like that kind of gives you an, a, a view as to how much thought goes into a big can activation, nine, 10 months in advance. And it shows on, on the front of the Corsair, like it is changing massively year on year. Yeah, and they're huge productions, right? These are dozens of people working on it for a long, long time, you know, to build up to this moment. The thing I always find is they've got to try and predict what's going to happen, right? Because they're planning nine, six months out. And sure, true. they can change That's the content true. a little bit, but, you know, they wouldn't have known nine months ago, a year ago, exactly how significant AI would have been at this point in time. Um, and some people would have had to sort of guess and lean into that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm just watching people coming in, getting distracted. Yeah, it's really, it's it's really starting now, to fill up um, for today's creator stream uh, here on the Group M rooftop. And if you are in cam watching this, then uh, you should try and get into today's um, sort of ten till two thirty programming because it really, it really is good. Loads of influencers up here talking about uh, what it is like to be a creator um, and why and how brands should be interacting with you, which is yeah, a bit of breath of fresh air versus the previous years where we've yeah. I haven't seen it, but we've talked about that before. And Harry's going to be emceeing all day. So and, I, and I'm up here all day enjoy that. Uh, talking, talking um, as, as Crystal, our friend Crystal yesterday said, smack. Uh, um, we have one more guest, uh, or two more guests actually, um, on in a bit. And they're not here yet, but we, so we, we will fill time. Um, is there any questions on, on the live stream? I'm just having a look. Um, like, it is starting to warm up here. Um, Matt is nodding because he's worried about the heat on the camera. Matt, come and come and join us whilst we whilst we've got five minutes to five minutes to. Uh, to yeah, kill. Matt, come, come and sit and... down. Welcome back. Yes, yeah, give me your seat. <laughs> yeah, go on, come All and right. sit down. What, it's, your, it's actually your you're a great example of a of a can newbie. I'm a can newbie. I've missed it every year due to um, holiday, I believe. Yeah, always. You've always planned a holiday. Yeah. And, and to be fair, due to our poor planning over the course of the last uh, few years, going to Cannes, and we go, oh, Matt, are you available in four days' time? I'm like, no, I'm going to Cuba. <laughs> um, and I've always missed out. And do you know what? I've, this is, um, well, I've never actually watched a Cannes vlog because I'm too jealous. I don't want to know what fun you're having without me. Um, the other ones were and- great. So you've got a lot to... <laughs> Well, this one's been great. Jordan always did a brilliant job. Brilliant. Shout out to Jordan McKellar. Fantastic videographer. How's your Um, how's your first day been? I mean, yesterday felt like three weeks in one. Yeah. Um, Two hours sleep. Uh, I'm a 10 hour a a night guy. Yeah. So getting up, having to do a live stream. I'm not a tech. To be honest, I don't know why I'm employed because setting up a mixer, uh, wireless mics, it's all just a bit too much for me. But it seemed to have worked. Harry has the thing where he just says, get it done. You're, you're more relaxed, but I can I just tell... need to remind you that we're live. I've just <laughs> had a thought. If he could say anything. No, no, no I know. I know. And I, I, I thought about that as he walked round the chair. Yeah. I, in my head, I go, Matt, no, you should come over for five minutes. was a great idea. <laughs> as he took that corner, I was like, that was a dreadful, <sighs> dreadful thing to say. For many reasons. One, we have now got nobody doing the production behind the, uh, behind the camera. So Tom Freeman, who is on the line somewhere in oh. f- remote from London, is yeah. stressing out. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know. <laughs> We've got a uh, cooling packs on the camera. It should be fine. Yeah. So the people um, won't realize what's this. What's it like to be back anyway? Yeah. So I, I spent I spent a year well spent a year away. Um, sorely missed you guys. Thought you know 
it's, you know, be fine. I'll move on. And I didn't move on. It was sort of like having a breakup. Um, it's, it's the weirdest job I think that anyone has ever had. We have a very weird relationship where it's obviously professional, but it's also, you know, you, you're having to trust a lunatic with a lot of sort of weird business information. I mean, it goes over my head. We just had so much fun for three and a half years that nothing could beat it. I tried to go to a really exciting European city and living it up, it didn't compare. And I mean, it's, it's the personal aspect. It's like that we're jetting off all the time. It's all the senior people in the business that are just like their mates as well as, you know, colleagues. I hope this never ends. And how is it seeing? I, I loved yesterday. We met um, this, that guys on the Crisette, just bumped into them, right? And um, they had a videographer with them. They had a vlogger. And yeah, they been, did. You know, they, they follow the vlog for a while. and know they, they, they love it. Um, and I'm not saying they're purely doing it because of us, but I think we're a big reason why they're doing it. How does that make you feel when you meet someone like that and you think, oh, this guy's got this job because of what I did? I don't know why other agencies aren't sort of, I mean, it's been too long now. Uh, everyone should be doing it, in my opinion. Um, and like I said to the guy yesterday, this is the only thing I have any authority on. And, and that feels quite good that you have, you know. Subject matter expertise, yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, we is. Well, yeah. I seem to, yeah. I don't really still know what I'm doing, but it seems to work. People seem to enjoy it, right? I hope so. Well, Keep another, another um, guy stopped us yesterday because he recognized you. He said that, what do you say? The big guy, the, <laughs> lank, the lanky guy. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We were saying, because, you know, we'd go away or if I went away without you guys, someone would come up at a conference. Yeah. I got a Peckham Gala in the urinal. So I went, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, you're the go. Um, so it's like, because, you know, marketing is a small community, especially in London. Uh, so it's fabulous being back, you know, having some sort of, it's like a mini ego trip. You know, if you work in marketing, you should, you should know who we are. Absolutely. Can I say that? <laughs> you, <laughs> you just, just did. <laughs> Whatever. Um, no one's doing it like us. Oh, God. And we're, and, we're, and we're properly back August. We're back in August. We've got a, we're decking out a new office, aren't we? Which is going to be amazing. Uh, the energy in the office currently is, you know, it's bubbling away. And I know that... It's ready to spill over, though. It, I mean, it's going to be cataclysmic. It's going to be terrible for the, for, the, uh, for the focus. But, I mean, we're growing... Oh, I'm being kicked. I've been no, you're not being kicked off. You, you carry. You on. carry I'm on. Go and see what we can do with the guests. The yeah. um, <laughs> you might have a lot more airtime than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> so let me take you back. Um, it's June the second, nineteen ninety-four, Kingston Hospital. Uh, <laughs> come on, come. On. So we're you know, back in August. It's part part of my job, right? In the first office, you said when I first arrived it was almost to be a hype man. It was absolutely. like absolutely that was so. Energy is so important. When, when you're in an agency, and especially a growing agency, that, you know, there is going to be naturally ups and downs, um, like moments where myself, Aaron, are, are feeling low, something's happened, lost a client, lost a pitch, whatever it might be. Yeah. And that happens all the way around the business all the time. And then there's high moments where you've won something or you've done a piece, great piece of work, you get amazing feedback. Both of those moments need energy. Yeah. But for, for, and you know, and it's how, how do you translate that? Because it's weird if you're the CEO of a company and you're but also, how do you make that energy feel great externally? But also, how do you make it feel or amplify even further? Um, because our, All right. the, the team are, can watch it back. They, yeah. can, they can live the moment and then they can leave it again. Yeah. And but people exciting. were very hesitant when I, when I first came. And it was, you know, we had a few weeks of doing fly on the wall documentary stuff, basically, where, you know, 
everyone's doing their work. I'm standing, you know, 20 feet away filming them. Then it quickly turned into I'm harassing people pretty much. I don't know how it worked HR wise because, I mean, some of the stuff, you know, that I was asking or, you know, just I don't know why you people different. didn't bat me away. <laughs> some um, of them did. But very quickly it turned into something that people enjoyed. I, I you know, it, it definitely creates a stir in the office. If we're having a boring Monday afternoon, um, that can quickly be turned around in, in uh, two minutes of sort of having a bit of fun. And you guys aren't shy of letting people sort of enjoy themselves in an office. And I've been in some boring offices in my time. I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Well, people spend too much of their lives working to not have fun. I, we're in an I'm industry that willing, people should have fun. I'm not willing to spend 60 hours a week working if I can't have fun while I'm doing it. Yeah. And I think that you can be very successful and very driven and very objective about success and still have fun. You know, life is short. We're in advertising, right? I, I, I've, I've had to remind people of that at several points. You know, we lose a pitch or something like that. But we're not at war. You know what I mean? It's not, we haven't lost someone. Right? We've lost a pitch or that, that happened. Like, it's, come on, let's, let's get over it. And I think our industry is about fun and creativity and impact. And, you know, it's, it's you know, yeah. I don't understand why more people don't have that. And it's infectious, right? And so I think the reason that our content works, and you know what, I hate everything that I've ever done creatively. And this is the one thing where I go, no, you know what? I actually really like it. I think the vlog is a really good product and I enjoy watching something that I've done. We've been given two minutes, so I want to say something outrageous that no, I... You're have... off now. No, yeah, you're off. Yeah, I'm kicking you off. Get behind, back behind the camera. Stay uh, in school. Don't do drugs. I... <laughs> <laughs> you can't no, run leave, off with the microphone. The mic. <laughs> leave the mic. It is his first time, unfortunately. Um, but uh, good to see Matt back in front of a camera. I've normally seen behind it. We do have our last two guests coming on. Uh, now, Serena Anthony, the Chief People Officer at Group M North America, and Artis Stevens, CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. Come on, come on in, guys. Hi. Serena, how is Harry? Nice hey, to meet. Nice to meet you. you. There's there's your microphone and your seat. Artis Harry, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Take a seat. Take a mic. Thank you um, both very much for coming. Thank, thank you for having us. Are you are you up here for the for the morning? Are you up here just for us? Like I'm up here today just for you. So well, I feel very, very <laughs> privileged. You should. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, this was this was super important to us, and we're we're thrilled to be here, and we're so excited to have artists. Artists, our relationship goes back about eight months now. Yeah. Um, we I was introduced. CJ, our our global CEO, yep. Christian Jewell, is a huge supporter and advocate for Big Brothers Big Sisters of America, and uh, you know he introduced us to the team and was very, very. Um, keen on establishing a relationship so this relationship started quite some time ago and i'm just thrilled to be here because you're doing great work Thank um, you. very inspiring work and you know in any way that group m can sort of partake and partner we're we're very interested in doing that you know i wanted to to start this conversation by just understanding or having you tell us a little bit about sort of your role Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America, who are the leading mentorship organization in the country, um, which speaks volumes. I'd love to sort of understand, you know, 
how the mentorship evolution has happened. Yeah. And if you could tell us a little bit about that, I think it would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, just thanks for having me here. Glad to be on the stage here with Group M and, and talk about just this incredible partnership. So Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America is the largest youth mentoring organization in the country. Yeah. Uh, we were established as an alternative innovation to the juvenile justice system. Right. And the whole point was, how do we create much more opportunity, access, equity uh, for young people? We are now in 5000 communities uh, nationwide. Uh, one of the things that we are really proudful about our program is that it works. It's impactful. And we have research that backs it up. Ninety percent of our kids go on to graduate high school, also avoid risky behaviors and also are more connected to their community. But here's what I'll tell you. We were founded and we've always been one to one mentorship. Right, this idea of a positive relationship with a from adult with a young person, but we've evolved to have all forms of mentorship. We have high school kids who mentor younger kids. We have technology mentoring, career mentoring. So we've expanded and evolved over the years. But the most important thing is the idea of relationships, right? Because mm -hmm. we've all had that in our lives, and we want more young people to have it as well. And how how important is like that? How important is media in the grand scheme of that, both in terms of how it impacts what people think um, about career pros like prospects, but also as a entry system that doesn't need a huge amount of, um, I'm trying to put it, like I, I didn't go through university myself, so not super traditional, but yeah. um, like there's a, there's a lower entry point for media in order to go and achieve some amazing things. So Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. So when you think about it, you know, most of the young people that we serve, most of them, they live in communities of poverty, right? So they don't come from a place of well position in society. Access is so important, right? Mm -hmm. And exposure. So one of the things that we really focus on is how do we ensure that young people have access to relationships so they, what we say, see it so you can be it, right? Yep. So this idea and this concept, what we've learned though is also part of the story, right? And storytelling. And where partners like Group M and the advertising and the media community is coming around us to help us. Well, how do we expose more people? Because right now we have 30,000 kids on our waiting list. Yeah. 30,000. Wow. Right? So the only way that we get to solving and addressing that issue is by engaging more mentors to come to the table to say, hey, I'm willing to raise my hand and support and volunteer and give my time or support by helping other mentors come by giving their, their donation or their investment or their expertise. And what does that actually look like? You know, if we were to, you know, it sounds incredible. I mean, what if we were to put ourselves forward as mentors, yeah. what does it look like? Yeah, right. so that, that's the interesting thing. Two of the biggest barriers that people typically think about with our, our mission, and this is through research, is time. The other one is I don't feel like I'm perfect right, mm -hmm. to be a mentor. So how am I going to be a role model yeah. for someone else? Well, here's the, the power about what we're doing for time. Our traditional program, our one-to-one -one mentoring program, is typically about two times a month, right? An hour per month. So you're talking about two hours of your month that you commit. Here's what typically happens, though. The adult raises their hand and says, I want to volunteer. I want to be involved. I only got this much time. Then they get involved in the program. And then they're asking the kid to meet more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the young person actually has the restraints. Uh, the other part is we're finding easier ways for if you don't want to be a one-to-one -one mentor, you may want to do sort of like a masterclass on your career, right? So we have programs like that. 
Or you may say, here, another opportunity where I just want to go into school. Mm -hmm. We have programs like that as well. And then in terms of being perfect, what we always say to folks is that you don't have to be perfect. You just got to be present and persistent in a young person's life. And that can make all the difference. And it makes just as much of a difference in your life as well. I think that's a really good point because none of us are perfect. Yeah. right? And that my first thought on these things is exactly that is, yeah. am I qualified to give people yeah. this advice? And yeah. I, I think I'm probably not, but I am. I think you're absolutely right. If you're present with that person, yeah. you give them a. An but let me tell you why you're so qualified, right? Because the 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 entirety of human existence is us learning, growing, not being perfect, right? The idea of how we teach kids and how kids learn is that they don't want someone perfect. They mm -hmm. want someone who says, "Hey, I know you know what I'm going through. You know the experiences." So we always say to folks, "We want just as much as your flaws." Right. In terms of expressing that and showing that and showing your vulnerability as what you can teach in terms of here's everything I know, because that's the true human experience. And that's what young people need. Yeah, no, it makes makes complete sense. Um, is this something that people internationally can get involved with is how do we, you know? Yeah, it's a great question. So we are United States based. Mm -hmm. However, we do have partners in other countries, right? They're not all under the big brother or big sisters, but part of what we do is help other countries like establish youth programs, right? We, one of our biggest big brothers, big sisters affiliates is in Canada, right? So we do a lot in Canada. We've been talking to other organizations in London, for example, um, started having a, a, a conversation with a group that's in Germany as well. So we do a lot of technical assistance, coaching and supporting. So we don't have big brothers, big sisters in other countries, but we do support other youth organizations. There. Great. Okay. So there are ways people can get involved exactly. globally with this. Yes. Fantastic. And obviously and media representation in media is obviously a big factor right yeah. and if people seeing themselves and you know how how do you feel that that is changing you know that i think there has been a big push right yeah. and and rightfully obviously is it having an impact you see it in the kids that they that yeah. they see themselves more now and and things yeah are improving even though there's a, a long way to go yeah i think there's certainly much more diversity much more exposure to different backgrounds experiences what people see uh, in the media and particularly young people, you know, what, what we focus a lot on and particularly through our partnerships, right? So we have partnerships with a lot of media, sports, entertainment, um, NFL is a perfect example. One of the things that we always talk about and we call it the helmets off strategy is not just seeing because when you grow up and it was just like me when I grew up in my community, I didn't have a, a lot, but the, the images we saw and the only thing that I, I thought at one point is that the way that I made it out my community, I had to be an athlete, mm -hmm. right? I had to play sports to yep. do it. What I didn't realize, and I think what you're seeing today because of media, because of social media, the way you interact and engage, right, is the idea that it's not the idea of just being the athlete. What's around the athlete? Mm -hmm. What is the athlete doing in terms of the layers of it? So now it's giving kids exposure. I'm just using that as one example to be able to see that. But our mentorship programs, and this is why programs like what we're doing with Group M is so important, because what they've never seen is I can be the digital strategist, right? I can be the person yeah. who helps the design. I can be the exec of a large media company. Mm -hmm. uh, I can do HR, right? right? There are so many different backgrounds because you never had that wide exposure. So part of our question and focus is how do we widen possibilities? And that's what mentorship does. It gives exposure to opportunities and wideness so that they see people like Serena and say, I can do things just like Serena. 
and then continue to go above beyond my career. And you know what's yeah. interesting on the on the employee side, we as an organization are so hugely committed to you know what is going to keep our people engaged. We're going through a talent crisis. We have been for a number of years. The marketplace is adjusting, and in order to be competitive and actually have you know people who want to come in and show up for work every day, our demographic, our average age is between 28 and 32. And that demographic of people are activists by trade. They're philanthropists. They want to feel like they're connected to something meaningful. So this partnership is huge because it actually allows people to come into the office and do their day job, something they love, but also get involved in something that's so powerful and meaningful. And they're able to leave saying this was a, a like a, a rewarding experience for my career at, at, at Group M was fulfilling for these reasons. And we're so committed to this partnership because engagement is, is hugely important to us. And, and yeah, we've got a lot of great things coming. A hundred percent. I think it's particularly that generation we're talking about yeah. the values of the business they work for is absolutely critical they have to be completely right? connected from a has to be. perspective has to be and if they're not we will lose our talent and and so internally our, our my focus from a, a head of people perspective is we need to focus inwards on our people put them first when we do that our people perform they feel fulfilled and the business succeeds so um you know, this is one step and, and a lot more to come. And think about this, what, what Serena just said, when you look at the young people we serve, five to 18 traditionally, right? Yeah. The majority of the, that 18 is teenagers, mm -hmm. right? 13 and up is the majority of the young yeah. people we serve. But the fastest growing population that we're serving since the pandemic is 18 to 25 young adults. And that's because kids are graduating and they're asking the question, what's next, yeah. right? So when you can find solutions like what Serena just shared, it gives us opportunity as an organization to help fill that pipeline with so much talent that's out there, but sometimes just lack the opportunity. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, what impact is Group M seeing right from this? Well, so we've just done a little bit of a teaser. We introduced artists at our last town hall and, uh, you know, spoke about mentorship in general and the importance and the, the wait list. And after the, the town hall, I was inundated with our own people sort of surrounded immediately following with how do we get involved? Tell me how I want to be a part of this. There's so much that I can contribute. And again, we, you spoke about time commitments and we think about just how busy we all are in our, in our everyday lives. You know, we've got pathways and we're working on a program that allows people to get involved in ways that work for them. And to your point, you know, it's usually the, the big that ends up saying, I need more time yeah. with my little. Um, and I saw that because the impact it had just having you speak and so much passion um it, it comes out you're you're definitely the right person to be leading this um because your story had huge impact with our people um you are committed passionate and we are too and we're bought in and we're just very excited about you know what we can do but the the right now we have a wait list <laughs> we have a wait list of employees and talent that just want to get involved in some way and uh, and give back and, and we're just happy we can facilitate that what a great position to be in. Yeah, it's a great a, it's a great position. I mean it's 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 a shame the problem exists to the extent it does that yeah. we need yeah. that. But yeah. you know, great that people are putting themselves forward. And for those that aren't part of Group M that are watching this, how how do people get involved? You know, if they're working at another agency, they're working client side, they happen to be watching this. Yeah. What's what can people do? Where should yeah. they go? 
Well, it, it is. It's very easy. You can go to our website at bbbs.org. Uh, when you go to the website, all you have to do is put in your zip code. Uh, if you live in the States, in uh, that way, it'll pop, pull up a Big Brothers Big Sisters that's closest to you. Uh, the other thing, if you are in another country, right, you can always go to our email box right on that same website uh, and shoot us an email, and then we can help to locate a youth organization in the country that can be a supportive organization for you. Amazing. We'll drop the links in the comments below. So yeah, absolutely. You can slip those in, um, but I do encourage people to go and check it out and to put yourself forward. There's a big issue here that we can collectively do something about. And we well, thank should. you so much for, for joining us this morning. Super inspiring. Sorry, thank we're you. so short on time. No, um, okay. But we are, I'm We've getting emails from Sam Weston uh, <laughs> in, in distance. No, I've got things to do at uh, sure. AM on the very stage of the day to clear. So yeah. uh, please for the time uh, constraints, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank Super inspiring. Yeah, um, thank you all. And thank, and thank you, you very much for, for watching it. this morning live uh, on the Group Home Rooftop. We will see you tomorrow morning, same time, which is 7.30 UK, 8.30 can time. And we'll have more amazing guests. And we'll see you tomorrow morning.